Morning. What's up, dude? Or actually, it's afternoon. Yeah, now. <laughs> How's it going, man? Oh, not too bad. Hanging in there. Waiting to get some much-deserved PTO. Oh, damn, dude, that sucks. So, uh, okay, you ready to go? Yeah, man, whenever you're ready. Yeah, you sound a lot better uh, than last time. <laughs> yeah, no headset. Mm. If it makes you feel any better, the first time I recorded with my brother, he had his phone on speaker, and that almost ruined that episode, too. And that was, like, that was like episode two, so that almost ruined me then, too. So We, we live and learn. All right, uh, I got to do this intro that I love doing, that I'm <clears throat> famous for loving. Okay, <clears throat> okay, hold on. Sip a tea, sip a tea. <laughs> ah, okay hello world welcome back to the flores and friends podcast hope your day is going well mine's going all right today i'm joined by previous guest clark martin or as i call him pup how you doing today pup what's going on uh we were just talking about uh the group episode we did uh to kick off volume two and it was pretty funny. Like we were both commenting on how much I kept, and it because we thought well, you can back me up while recording that. We thought this was that episode was going to be like twenty minutes long. Yeah, I think you cut out most of the the ramblings and everything else. Yeah, I, I figured that that episode would have been tops thirty five minutes. But, yeah, you know, it, I think probably for the betterment and just you know everybody has nights like that. So you know. You just happen to have yours in a public forum, that's all. <laughs> it was fun. It was a lot of fun. So we're going to kick things off. Uh, anyone who didn't listen to that episode <laughs> may not be aware that, unfortunately, me and Clark recorded an episode last year, and through technical problems, it's the infamous Lost episode. So we're going to be covering some of the same ground, but also tackling some new stuff. To kick things off, let's talk about a topic both near and dear to both of our hearts, Pup. You are a beer connoisseur, wouldn't you agree? I wouldn't say connoisseur, but I am a lover of beer. But you... Connoisseur, you kind of sound stuck up and pompous. you know me. I'm, I, yeah, I am not a pompous ass. I can back I that. A, I have a lot of ass, but I am not a pompous ass. <laughs> I, can ju- I can back you up on that. You are definitely not pompous, with all due respect. But yeah, I'm, 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 a, I'm a fan of beer. I, I love trying different ones, you know, and I think a lot of that came out of the fact of... After I got out of my my mid twenties, when I got you know all of the the my major drinking episodes out of the way, and you just start going into okay, I actually like this beer because I like the taste, or you know I do that. You go for a different one to see why it's different, mm-hmm. you know. So it's it, it, you're going more for for taste and for enjoyment rather than quantity. Okay. Well, like I said, we we've covered this we covered this on the lost episode, but just to break down again, say I was some freshly turned twenty one year old, you know, and I wanted to get into beer, and how would you how would you introduce someone who is not a big beer person into beer? Where would they start off? Where would they? What would you recommend? I think most people have tried Bud Light or Budweiser or you know those popular domestic brands before, so. What would you recommend to someone who wanted to broaden their horizons when it came to beer? Uh, I would say, I mean, if you you're doing if you're starting off with domestics, you're you starting off kind of very bland, to be honest. Um, I didn't realize how wanted, I didn't realize how sweet domestic brands are. When you try like 
uh, alt when you try like craft beers or artisan beers, you go back and you go back to like your domestics. You forget how well you don't forget how watered down they are, but you realize how sweeter they are. And to be honest, ninety percent of what's labeled as a craft beer now yeah. is actually really not craft beer because. To be an actual craft brewer, you have to produce less than six thousand, uh, six million gallons a year. Okay, that's that's the threshold. Once you go above that, you're not considered an actual craft brewer anymore. Mm -hmm. So, even though you know you think of when you think of you know local craft breweries like around here, you got Tin Roof, you got Magnolia, and mm -hmm. uh, you know Beta being a big dog. You know they they produce a lot more than that over the course of a given year. So tech, you know, so technically they're not. They're still craft, but they're not craft just because of the the way you got to define it. But going into it, if you, I mean, if you if you're in the domestics and you like that, you know, drink what you like. You know, uh, I I don't have a problem with anybody that digs Bud Light. You know, that's that's your thing. Go for it. But uh, you know, if you did want to start off and try to get into something, I would suggest try try a few different ones from around out of state. They have a few good breweries out of Atlanta. A lot of them are in the, the Boulder and Fort Worth, Fort Collins area and out of Colorado. Those are all usually pretty good. Uh, Boulder Brewery and uh, Fort Collins Brewery, obviously. Just for the, really just for the record, Clark is not sponsored by any of these breweries. He's, he's making these recommendations just out of his own opinion, all right? These just for the record. Of, yeah, these, these are ones I've pulled out of thin air. I have not, I have not been associated or you know coerced by these breweries at all any uh, is, any uh, any mention of the name herein is not an advertisement he is uh he is not all, he's also not spoken <laughs> to any russian associates just just let's also get that out there man i told you not to say that <laughs> <laughs> okay okay anyway but, okay. Uh, okay so anyway, what do you but, what in your opinion because you love beer what do you think makes a great beer the thing i like is I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a hop guy. Uh, I mean, I, I like a little bit of hops in a beer, but too when bitter. it comes to somebody, uh, yeah, yeah, it's very too bitter. Too much of a crazy aftertaste. The the IPAs that are coming out now are complete hop bombs, and that's just that's not <sighs> my thing. You know, I, I, yeah. I, 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 for some reason, I don't know why, but when I first started getting into this, uh, buddy of mine, we went down to the restaurant. Uh, I don't know if I can say the name uh, right. Northgate's LSU with all the little beers on tap. I know you know which ones I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. And we did their Around the World Challenge. Well, we started doing all, you know, doing the, the tastings there. And we tasted mostly blondes and, you know, a few ales, pilsners, you know, some stuff like that around Germany, Holland, you know, that area. Yeah, those are the uh, more, those are the more mild, like, those kind are of more, the, the more mild, they're a lot more approachable. Yeah. The Bavarian stuff, you know, if you don't start getting into the dark stuff, it's really approachable and really good. Going through, I was, I got to a point where I was just like, you know, I just want to try something crazy. And uh, the bartender looked at me and said, okay, I got one for you. Mm -hmm. If you can drink this one and you like it, there's pretty much nothing you can't drink. I said, okay. And he brings me a little 12-ounce bottle and it had a plant label on it. And it was McEwen Scotch Ale. Ooh. And this stuff, I kid you not, poured like motor oil. Oh, shit. <laughs> it was thick as hell. And I, but I tell you what, man, I drank it, and it was actually really good. It surprised me. And when he, when I came back and said, that was pretty good, he's like, well, you can pretty much drink anything we have at, over here and not, you know, and, and like it I was like well, okay well and that was pretty much my introduction to dark beer yeah so that, that's kind of where I got into you know the ales the stouts the you know the uh, the saisons and the 
a lot of the abbeys and stuff like that those mm-hmm. are on the darker end of the spectrum and usually the darker ones are the, the more stronger you know of the the beers but yeah. all that being said whenever you do get into if you want to branch out and get into something you know try a few few other domestic artisan or craft you know from out of state just to get just to give you a little bit of a taste usually the east coast stuff is a little bit more mild um as you go west into you know colorado and california and stuff like that those tend to be a little bit more hoppy mm-hmm. for some reason i'm not uh, uh i guess it's just the market you know that they, they prefer a little bit more hops on the west coast so they, they're a little bit more hoppy yeah sure but um stuff like that and then I'm I'm a big fan of Heffy's uh, Hefeweizen out of Germany. And mm-hmm. Very good if you get if you get get a actual Heffy a good you know German Heffy you get a lot of different fruit notes and stuff like that out of it. And it, they're very approachable, easily they're really easy to drink, and they're just really good beer. Oh, yeah, that that would be one I would you know I would push people towards just to you know just to get them kind of into that craft brewer world. And then you just kind of you know depending on what you like. You know, do a little bit of research and find out, you know, what beers have, you know, or the suggested tasting notes for what beer, you know, what beer style. And then that way, once you get a style, then you can kind of go to different places, Mm -hmm. you know, different, uh, try a few different beers from different uh, breweries. And you can, once you get, get on into it, you can actually taste a lot of the different, the differences just in the water they use, the different hops, you know, if they use a different method, you know, like a dry hop method or something like that, to to um, to hop the the beer, that you can taste all of those differences and subtleties once you get into it. And as I said, that's kind of that's kind of what it is for me. I just I, I you know I like doing doing it for the taste and just to see what's what else is out there. My favorite beer is we've we've had this a few times is Lobotomy Bach because oh buddy that is a tasty ass beer it is i think it was 10.88 percent by uh by volume of alcohol it's not it's nine or ten it's up there it's pretty high so lobotomy is very is very good i will give you that (laughs) uh it um it's it's so dude it's so tasty like i love it so much because as you can contest it's very strong i like a strong beer and it's not an overpowering taste. It's got a kind of like a, a tart kind of sweet taste to it and stuff like that. And it has a, it has a lot of molasses in it. Yeah, and because oh, hell it's yeah. so sweet. Because it's so sweet, I think that masks a lot of how strong it is. Yeah. Because when you when you're drinking it, you really don't realize how strong it is until you finish the first one and you're like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I can only do in my in my heyday. I could probably do three of those in one evening, and I'm like, okay, maybe I should slow down. Cause this is gonna knock me on my ass. Cause it's so, dude. It's, oh, it's so good. But oh, okay, yeah. So I know you drink. You drink several types of beers. You have different favorites and stuff like that. But what would you say is your is your favorite right now? Your go to specifically? Well, I got two really. If I want to go kind of on the lighter side, I'll do Who Garden, okay. uh, which is a half a Weissen. Very good. Not as it's a little on the high side as far as strength goes. It's not too bad. Just really good, easy, approachable beer. Very good. Very smooth. You know, that's kind of kind of my go-to. But if I'm in a in a dark beer kind of mood, then I tend toward Arrogant Bastards okay. out of uh, the Stone Brewery, and uh, that one's got a little bit more a little bit more ass to it, and it's a, a lot darker. It looks almost red to be honest. Whenever you pour it, and it's I think it's a seven and a half or eight percent alcohol so it's got a it's got a good little 
good little hit to it, but it's got a little bit more bite, and I mean that's that's probably one of my favorites. All right, well I'm gonna hit you with a uh, a lightning round real quick. I'm gonna go through some beers that are very popular that some of our listeners might have you know drank or be fans of. You could just give a quick like yes or no, and maybe a brief little thing, and then we can move okay. on. But I really wanted your opinion on some of these as a I like to think you're more of a beer expert. You're probably the biggest beer expert I personally know. So that's why I call you an expert. <laughs> All right. All right. Go All for right. It. Some of these are good. Some of these are piss water, but we're going to go through them. All right. Sure. All right. Cool. Heineken. Not bad if you catch it fresh and it hasn't been sitting out in the light very much. The bottles yeah. being light green, they catch a lot of light and that skunks the beer really fast. Completely agree. I have to be in the mood for it. If you catch it like at a restaurant on tap, it's going to be completely different than if you catch it in a bottle from a store. All right. It'll be, I mean, night and day. All right. Uh, next up, one, my second favorite beer on the planet, Guinness. Oh, that's one of my favorites too, to be honest. Uh. <laughs> and you Like the thing I would tell people who have never had a Guinness is it looks threatening and it looks overpowering, but I tell you, it is one of the smoothest drinks you'll ever have. Yeah, exactly. It's very smooth. It's It looks a lot more intimidating than it actually is. Yes, exactly. And it's, it does have a, a really bad rep, you know, as far, you know, but it's a really good beer. It's smooth. It's It's got a lot of chocolate and kind of coffee notes. Oh, so yeah. if, you get, if you're a coffee guy or, you know, anything like that, give it a try. You know, just take a couple of sips, see what, you know, and see what, see what, uh, see if you like it. You don't like it? You know what? Give it to me. I'll drink it. <laughs> uh, I, for the record, I've actually almost completely quit drinking for health reasons. But I had friends in town for South by Southwest, which is the music festival here in Austin. And I kind of, like, I definitely, it was the same weekend as St. Patrick's Day. So it felt wrong to not have a Guinness on St. Patty's Day. So, I, I like I said, I, I pretty much quit drinking. But with exception, Guinness... And Jameson, of course, are on my list of things. I'll, you know what? I'll have a drink. Just one drink won't kill me. But yeah, Guinness is definitely on that list. Yeah, uh, I say it, it gets a, it gets a bad rap, but it's a it, it really is a good beer. All right, cool. Next up, Sam Adams. Not bad. It's just kind of a good standard lager. I mean, you, there's you really can't say anything bad about it, but you really can't say a whole lot good either. <laughs> See, that one's too hoppy for me. It's got a little. It's got a little bit of hop, but it's not. It's not terrible. Okay. I've, I've had a lot. I've had a lot worse. So uh, yeah, it could be a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yingling. Yingling is actually pretty good. I'll, I'm. I'm a. I'm a fan. I've. Uh, I actually had it recently for the first time. I've, I don't know why it took me so long to get it. They. We finally got it in state. But I, I actually. I, I had it. It's. It's just a good. A good solid beer. A um, little bit of hop finish. You know is. Smooth is is I, I I enjoyed it I really did. All right, uh, Modelo. Which one? Uh, <laughs> Especial or ne- uh, Negro? Uh, let's talk Negro because I wanted to talk Corona next, and we can you know we can cover that kind of beer with Corona. So let's go with Negro. Uh, Negro I I, I enjoy um I, I like the Especial too, but the Negro is good. It's it's it, it is a darker one, but um it, it it's a I like it, but it's it's not my go-to. But if you know if, if somebody has it and it's there, I'll drink it. All right. Well, I said let's move on to Corona. How do you feel about Corona? Uh, uh, <laughs> 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 uh, you know, back in the days when quantity was the thing, and you know that <laughs> Corona was okay. It's it's. 
I think of I, I think it's, of college. It's not one of my favorites. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, it's a it's a college thing. And if like if you're at the beach or something, and you got them got you know if you like that, but yeah, you know if it's just for an everyday beer or you know an after work try to relax beer, yeah. Corona is not your beer. Yeah, I you know not to discriminate here or you know generalize over generalize, but and apologies to any male Corona drinker, but I really do think Corona is like a chick drink where it's like. Chicks aren't known to like beer, and they're known to like Corona. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's not not to you know, it's unfair to say that, but I it's I I believe it. Like I really think that Corona is a chick drink. Yeah, kind of like Zima that's coming back. They're bringing. Oh no way! Dude, I've been wanting to have a Zima the, since I was like nine years bringing, old. Uh, there, I uh, read it about two weeks ago. They're going to be bringing back Zima for a limited time. I don't oh, know when God. it's coming out, or, or <laughs> but I did see that. So yeah, everybody can break out Ooh. their. Uh, they can go back to high school for a night and get a six pack oh, of Zima. <laughs> oh man. Okay. All right. So now we're going to get into some of the darker horse. But and by dark horse, I mean shitty ass beers. Okay. Oh lord. Pabst Blue Ribbon. That one actually, to me, is not bad. Fuck I actually, off. Dude, dude, hear me out. Because usually when you drink that, you are drinking that that's what somebody brought. Yes. And there's the only thing other than that in the house is like Coors Light. Yeah. I'm sorry, Coors Light is horse piss, and I would much rather drink PBR than Coors Light. Listen to me. I've had Pabst Ribbon probably five times in my life. Five, five, I've had probably had five... Uh, beers or you know bottles. Okay, I think I think there were bottles. I don't even remember. I probably had five bottles of Pabst Blue Ribbon in my life, and I never finished one of them because I was like, this is just this is awful. It's my least favorite beer on the planet. No, uh, that one for me is reserved for uh, MGD. Oh, <laughs> we're not gonna talk about that one. That that's that's a war crime. <laughs> <laughs> no, Natty Ice is war crime. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of Natty Ice, how about Natty Light, the official beer of Beer Pong? Uh, that one is, well, that's pretty much the only time you're ever going to drink it is when yeah. you're playing Beer Pong just because it's so damn cheap. But All right. I, say, I mean, I, I put I put away my my, uh, my fill of Natty Light whenever I was in college. So, <laughs> you know, when, when, when you need to get drunk and on a budget, there you go. <laughs> well, I'm more, and this next beer is my favorite cheap beer, and I will go to my grave defending it. Miller High Life. High Life is actually not bad. I I actually the High Life does not bother me very much. Yeah, it's it's pretty. It's like I say, it's not it's not a great beer. It's not a really bad beer. But mm-hmm. I remember going to a couple little bars that would have High Life night where they've had two dollar High Life. And oh, you know God. what? Like you said, when you're on a when you're on a budget, hey, champagne of beers, baby. I just <laughs> I just love that I can drink a six pack of Miller High Life and have a buzz going. And just feel good, and it's like y'all. It's look, man. A sixer of High Life, I think, is like, like literally six dollars. So I'm like, that's a buck a beer, man. I you can't, you cannot beat that price. No, you can't. You really can't. <laughs> and it does have this negative connotation of being this shit awful beer. And I'm like, dude, I've had shit awful beer. You're kind of required to drink shit awful beer when you're in college at LSU. So it's like Miller High Life, not bad, not bad at all. Yeah, like I said, I'll. That's one that, that that really doesn't bother me, and it does kind of get up a bad rap. But. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last one. The uh, I I don't even think this qualifies as a beer. I think it's a beer flavored beverage. Michelob Ultra. That's the dude. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
just water parading around with beer put in it. That's what that is. I'm like, it's offensive to me. Like, I'm like, this isn't beer. (laughs) No, it is not. The, The only, I think the only reason they came up with that is just to say, okay, it has less than 100 calories so we're gonna get all of these diet these people on these Atkins diets and shit we need to get them drinking beer you know and all of these all these uh, all these little hippie kids and everything we, we want them get we want them drinking beer but they, they need something that's that has ultra <laughs> so we're gonna so do we're bad. gonna make we're gonna make this terrible water flavored bullshit and uh. put it out and then everybody's gonna love it and for a while everybody did until they tasted it it's just not it's just not it's nothing it's like like are you just like drinking this to feel like you're drinking beer like it's like what are you doing with your life you might as well be drinking non-alcoholic beer you that's the same damn thing Dude, you actually probably get more taste out of a non-alcoholic. Uh, it's like, yeah, because at least with non-alcoholics, they have to compensate for the lack of alcohol with the flavor. So they're like... Exactly. Uh, so, uh, dude, to, to me, that is actually like the, the dip cup for when you're playing beer pong. Yeah. That's like drinking the, 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 uh, the ball dip cup. Oh, you're you so right. beer taste, but the rest is water. Oh, God, pup. Oh, you just made me... <laughs> oh, that's just... Hey, what the truth? I'm giving you the truth. I can't uh, help it. Uh, uh, oh, God, pup. I gotta, right, bro? I gotta think about that one. Uh, <laughs> it's oh, it's so bad. Like I, uh, All right, moving on to another topic we're both big fans of. You can have your you know, family guys, you can have your South Parks, and you can have your Simpsons, but the one that we always come back to is... I really think in, like, decades from now, people are going to look back and think that Futurama was, like, the funniest show of all time. Like, if not the, if not the, it might not be the funniest, but it's probably the best the best written. Yeah, the smartest. And the smartest written and best written uh, animated sitcom probably ever. Because it's like... Like, I... I I was a little kid when it came out, and I still remember watching it, like, I think it came out, like, uh, J, was it... New Year's Eve 1999 or New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, I can't remember. But it came out that day or that night, and I remember watching it like, holy shit, this is a great fucking show. What the hell? Yeah, and it only got better as time went on. Yeah, it's, <laughs> oh God, it's such an endlessly, it's such an endlessly quotable show. Like, I'm like, why, why does this show not, get, it's because the Simpsons are still on the air. If the Simpsons had ended and Futurama had begun, we would be talking more about Futurama than The Simpsons. Oh yeah, and it's, it, the, like I said, mo- the, it's probably the best, the best written show because of that right. The, the group of writers they had, a, I think, a group of when they you know, in the heyday of the show, it was probably fifteen of them. But when they came back, it, they had like six or seven of the you know original writers that came back for the, the final two seasons. Yeah, that they had on uh, Comedy Central. Of those fifteen, I want to say. I know they had at least two PhD mathematicians. Yeah. You know, and at least three or four other ones that had PhDs. So, I mean, you had probably, I mean, that's got to be some of the smartest writers' rooms, you know, on the planet that yeah. were working on this thing just for coming up with with space jokes. I mean, you know, so, <laughs> you know, and the, the fact that they came up with three different languages, oh, alien shit. languages. For real? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, 
the, the alien languages that are um, in the backgrounds and on the signage and stuff yeah. like that in the back, there was actually three of them that they came up with. All three of them were completely decoded within 24 hours. Jesus. So, so that's the kind of people that you have following this show. You have extremely smart people following this that pick up on stuff like that. And that that is what got me onto it. Yes. Just because of, I mean, if you got fans that passionate that they'll sit there and figure out what a sign says in the background that flashes for less than two seconds. <laughs> I mean, besides the fact that they're, you know, insanely crazy, but... You know, that's the kind of passionate fans you want. That's why they kept bringing it back. Yeah. You know, and that, that I mean, it was just, it's just a great show. Uh, I, I have every episode and every movie of them, and I'm, I'll, I'll still watch them to this day. All I know is that my whole life, I, I, I didn't think I, I would have a soulmate until I discovered Scruffy the Janitor, because Scruffy the Janitor is me. Like, I'm like... God, Scruffy, you just, you get me, man. You, you just, you, you understand me. Like, in the shortest lines, he just gets me. Oh, he's the best. I love, Scruffy the janitor, ugh. Oh. It's a mirror in the Scruffy's soul. It's a mirror in the Scruffy's soul. I'm on break. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think, well, at the, that was pretty much your attitude at the place that shall not be named. I'm yeah, on break. <laughs> yeah, fuck, yeah, fuck that place. <laughs> but like hedonism bot and clamps and just all these different characters it's like zap brand how can you forget calculon yeah, <laughs> oh calculon <laughs> it's such a great show i really like like we're gonna your kids your kids uh are gonna be like you mean to tell me this show was on for years and it never blew up and took over the world as far as popularity. And we're just going to have to be like, no, not really. People kind of just kind of just overlooked it and just were like, oh, yeah, I think I've heard of that show. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and nine times out of ten, my kids are probably going to dress up as Fry for Halloween. So, <laughs> Shut up and take my money. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, hell, already, I was already scruffy at a Halloween party. Yeah, at one, we at had one, at one of my Halloween parties, uh, and yep. uh, it's it's that meme and uh, Farnsworth's meme where he's like, "I don't want to live on this planet anymore." Yeah, <laughs> those two memes will forever live in infamy. But yeah, I definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so I write a lot. Of, I write a lot of emails, obviously, because I, you know, I work in accounting, and I, I, you know, I send emails all day, and I'm sure you do too. But it's like, I really like every now and then I'll slip in a good news, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I had not. Well, I haven't done that yet, but I, I probably don't send quite as many emails as you do. But I, oh, I haven't. Yeah. Uh, I haven't done that yet. I've probably wanted to at times, but I haven't done it yet. Okay. Maybe something to shoot for next week. <laughs> <laughs> or Zoidberg. Like, we can, oh my god, Zoidberg. He's like, why not Zoidberg? <laughs> oh, he's so. <laughs> Zoidberg is just the, that, that is just the stereotypical terrible Jew. <laughs> uh, he was just, yeah, he's a, he's a Jewish stereotype played for laughs, and it's just, he's just like. But I live in the garbage. <laughs> oh, 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, all right, all right, all right. People are probably tuned out by now, so let's. Yeah, uh, probably. Let's put on a serious face. Um, just an update. It is day eighty of the Trump presidency. For anyone keeping count, we've we haven't even made it to hundred days yet, and it feels like it's been eight hundred days, not just eighty. So there, there's that. <sighs> anyway. Now that you got that off your chest. Now we got that off the chest. Uh, <laughs> well, people who may not be aware, me and you are respectfully uh, on two different ends of the spectrum. Is that? Do you think that's a fair characterization? Yeah, I'd say we're pretty much a dichotomy. But uh, if we, as long as we don't talk politics, yeah. Me and you, I mean, best of friends. You know, no big deal. Yeah, dude. Like people but are like, just, how we just you... have differing opinions. That's yeah. all. People are like, I remember people asking me when we worked together, because you used to be my boss, but we were more like friends just working together and dicking around. Like, people would ask me, it's like, how do you, how can you guys be so radically different and still be like the best of friends? Because I'm like, because we just don't talk about it. We understand where each other stands. We don't, we just, we get it. We just don't talk about it. Because it's like, you can have a life, you can be friends with someone and have a life outside of like politics even in this day and age yeah you don't have to politics does not have to rule you yeah it it doesn't have to rule how how you act it doesn't have to rule how you what you do or what you say it you know is but at the end of the day it just comes down to mutual respect yeah i know you know if you had had an idea on a position you would say it i'll i'll say okay you know that's your that's you know you you have you have your your say that's fine i don't i don't have a problem with that if i said something you did the same thing it's mutual respect yeah and not to blow any smoke up your ass but like a lot of conservatives in this country get a bad rep and some some deserve it because there are some there are some giant assholes on the right as there are some gigantic assholes on the left so bill maher but (laughs) you know growing up in louisiana uh, that is a lot of there, outside of New Orleans, it is a very conservative state. Obviously, it's in the South, but when or I hear these unfavorable, negative stereotypes of conservatives, I honestly think of you because you are a conservative, and you're not you're not an asshole. You're not a bad person. Like you are a human being. You are a decent. You're a very decent guy, and you've always been fair to me. You've always been fair to. Any minorities I've seen you come across, it's like not all conservatives are like this characterization or this caricature of just repression and backwardsness. You're a very, you're actually a very progressive person when it comes to understanding. You just have your opinion on the matter. Exactly. Yeah. Look, it, it, that, and you know, I, I go about the the same rules of the, the Constitution. But look, you got freedom of speech, which that's all well and good. But, you know, you don't have a right to tear somebody down just because they have a different opinion than you. Yeah. You know, you got your opinion. They got their opinion. Fine. You you, you know, y'all don't, uh, if you happen to not agree. Yeah. You know what? That's not the end of the world. Yeah. As long you know, as. It's, it's just that, that that kills me that people think that that's how a lot of people think, you know, yeah. is that if, if you're not with me, you're completely against me. I can't talk to you. I don't want to even, you know, look at you. And, you know, let's get to the point now where if you don't agree with me, I'm going to come and bash your head in and, be, you know, uh, take a sledgehammer to your car. Yeah, it's. You know, and that that's just taking it way too freaking far. 
What okay, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. That's just entirely too crazy. Like, we, I think we just, we've become this, it's just we, we've taken sides when I honestly believe that, like, I would say 80 to 90% of this country are, have so much more in common than they realize. Like, like, if you just, it, like, if you strip it all away, if you just strip away a lot of the noise, we're all trying, we all want the same thing. We, I really do believe that. I really think we all do want the same thing. We just, you know, we just want a happy life. We want a comfortable living. Some people want more than they really need. Sure, they can be assholes about it. But I think that the majority, I think a housewife in North Dakota has a lot in common with just a teen or like a young adult in an urban city like Chicago or New York. Like we all kind of just want to live our lives and do our own and do our things. And you know, we just don't want to be hassled. We just want to be left alone. We just want to live in peace and harmony. That's all that really matters at the end of the day. Yeah, that's pretty much all I want. I just, you know, (laughs) I just want to have a, you know, have my, my little say if I got one and, you know, Leave if if I, just leave me alone. Let me live my life. Yeah. You know, I'll pay. I'll pay. I'll pay taxes. You know, to keep the roads up and stuff like that. But don't sit there and rape me with it either. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. The the topic we want to get to because we we I think we mentioned it like or I think we talked about it online. Like we wanted to talk about this, but the main issue I wanted to talk to you about was uh, regulation as far as like you know economic regulation. Um, I don't. It it seems like the just for the record, not all conservatives are Republicans. Just let's keep that out there. Don't don't assume like all liberals aren't Democrat. I'm a liberal, but I do not consider myself a Democrat at all. I have my like I said, I, I tend to root I tend to vote for Democrats, but I am not a Democrat. Anyway, it just feels like a major stance of the Republican Party is deregulation. Like rolling back regulation and i don't understand that pup like i don't in my lifetime i've seen deregulation from the 90s catch up to us in the late 2000s you know and almost ruin our economy and almost ruin the world economy so explain if you can or if you want to i don't you could tell me to fuck off i don't care but explain deregulation to me how is that a good thing it depends on what what kind of regulations it is. They've got some some reg, some regulations like the financial regulation and stuff like that. I mean, that actually kind of does yeah. more favor the government and you know the the big banks, the big five or six banks, whatever it happens to be. Yeah, you know the the deregulation allows them to do more that could be considered you know under the table. Yeah. So, you know, financial regulations, it's it's a little bit of a different animal. Mm-hmm. But, like, as far as stuff with Interior or EPA or, you know, stuff like that, re- that, kind of, uh, that kind of regulation and uh, regulation having to do with products, mm-hmm. sometimes I, there, there is a lot to, there, there's a lot, you know, a lot there that could be stripped away, you know, and just kind of, and not a lot of them would even, in my opinion, could be, completely done away with Mm -hmm. but more along the lines of you know just streamlining the process and making things simpler and more up to date with how technology works how things are going and you know um 
you know, the products that we have out now. Because, I mean, it, uh, some of the stuff that, you know, the regulations came out in the late 60s, you know, that won't apply to anything, you know, a whole lot of stuff that we have out in the market today. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, some some of that stuff could, could get updated and, and changed. You know, I, 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 you know, I'm all for that. But if you got, if you have somebody in uh, an administration that puts in so much regulation that they basically trying to kill off an industry because they said they were going to kill off an industry you know coal industry for, yeah. and from what I'm talking about yeah <clears throat> granted I know they you know they might their heart might be in the right place but you know uh, all the renewable stuff that's out there right now it's not feasible you know it's it's coming it's on its way it's almost there but it ain't there yet so in order to I mean all of that all of those regulations and stuff like that just to try to almost shove them out the door and get them out of business that's wrong that is completely wrong. I mean, that you're talking uh, people's families that you, you know, you're regulating their industry completely out. You're kill, killing jobs mm-hmm. the whole nine. But like I said, with stuff like the renewable energy, it may be coming, you know, five, ten years from now. But until that's, you know, those kind of stuff is up to where it's reliable, it's cheap, when it can compete with, you know, gas fossil fuels coal that kind of thing on its own merit and its own cost let's have that discussion but you know for right now being that it's that technology isn't up in there yet you know we kind of got to do what we got to do to be you know to keep everybody with gas in your tank and electricity in your house okay well my my question is where i'm coming from though yeah i understand i understand i don't mean to sound heartless here because that's the that's the yeah, let's stick to coal here. That is the crux of the issue here. You have whole families, whole communities, whole generations of people who have made their living off of uh, one industry, coal in this example. And I think we can all agree, hopefully we can both agree, that coal is it's it's bad for the environment. Like, it's not good for the environment. It's not. Like... I really I believe in and first off it's not global warming it's climate change which I'm tired of people misrepresenting the issue it's not global warming it's climate change all right that wasn't directed at you by the way I'm sorry I, I, that sounded like it was coming at you man I I'm not saying that uh, what I'm saying is that no I'm a denier anyway so it doesn't bother me oh well, well, <laughs> well good for you no but uh, <laughs> um, I just think that. It is bad for the environment, and we need to move into this new technology, and that's well and good and all, but what about the dinosaurs, right? Like, what do we do with these people who who are invested into invested in this, and if you take this away from them, they have nothing, and that leads to, you know, suicide rates increasing, joblessness drug use it 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 starts that community on a spiral towards oblivion and it's like how do we seamlessly transition to allow these people to still make a wage and earn a living while also getting rid of their industry it's like these like you're not going to teach a 60 year old or or 70 year old still working in this industry you're not going to be able to like they're not going to be able to transition smoothly. It's not. It's not. It's like once you've done something for so many years or so many decades, transition is almost impossible. So it's like what do you what do you do with that? Like where do you 
where do you put these people? Like, what do you do with them? Like, there's nothing for them to do. They need something to do. Unless you're willing to pay their bills and put them on a social welfare program, which well, that's a whole other topic, which a lot of people have issues with. Even the recipients of social welfare have issues with it. So it's like, what do you do with these people? But I really believe that Cole needs to go because it is harmful for the environment. Basically, the, the answer I could, give, I could give you that would be uh, you want to see how do you trans, transfer, you know, that while. So let's, just for sake of argument. Yes. Yeah. You got mid, mid Pennsylvania. Yeah. Okay. Just all right. Coal plant on one side of the state. Yeah. And you have a factory that builds wind turbines on yeah. the other side. Sure. Okay. So just for sake of argument. Yeah. We got, you know, you go through, let the, as that, the wind, wind technology or whatever, as that come, comes, comes of age. Yeah. You get, uh, you get more and more people starting to invest in that. You got more people co- going toward it because they see the cost coming down. They see that it, the, they're actually able to, you know, produce more, uh, yeah. more electricity for, you know, so the technology gets better. That industry starts growing as that grows. You got employees from the coal mines, and most of the, you know, probably most, at first, mostly it'll be the younger ones. You know, they see the opportunity because that industry is starting to grow. Mm-hmm. They'll, those workers will migrate over toward the wind turbines. Yeah, that's okay, natural. toward that factory. So, you know, that'll, that'll, that gets that industry start going. You know, that, that plant is ramping up and everything. So, as that goes, the co- with coal now going down because the wind is starting to pick up. Yeah. So it's basically as as one of them goes down, the other one's building itself up because of you know, like you said, the technology is getting better, cost is getting lower, you know, the the output's getting better. Yeah. So those things, you know, those things will counter counter uh, counteract each other, and then once it gets to the point where there's really no reason for the coal plant to be there because you know it, it at some point the the supply demand curve is going to going to cross yeah and it'll be cheaper for wind and then it'll be more expensive for coal yep. it, that's you know so once that happens that'll you know that'll automatically close pretty much close the the coal plant and then like I say if you got uh you got some of the older ones that stay there, you know, they're either going to take a pension or they're going to move into another industry. You know, it, it, it won't be quite as many as you think, you know, because they, they won't have a whole lot of holdouts. Because, I mean, this is going to probably if it if it happens, it would take it. Would, I mean, this is over the course of probably 10 years. Yeah. You know, that this would happen. So but when that does happen, like I said, they're pensions they're you know social security if you happen to have it i don't me and you ain't gonna ever see that money but probably not no we, we won't i can tell you now <laughs> <laughs> so uh, start a savings account there brother <laughs> 401k <laughs> yeah tell me about it so but like i said you know as the as the supply and demand and the all of the all that changes as that technology becomes more mainstream and work and can compete on its own merit then you know it it'll basically it'll solve itself and that's the free market yeah but while you have this i like i hate to get uh, like we're we're eventually this is eventually going to become a politics conversation because 
because you have a coal lobby with coffers and lots of resources to prevent that from happening as lo- for as long as possible while the cost is that more coal is more damage to the environment so it's like you have people vested interests in being anti-progress and what we, what you just described was progress it was capitalistic progress and i, I just i worry that I, I i'm sorry i i'm sorry these people are in this industry that is going away i'm sorry that no one gives a shit about you i really am i, I like i really i really believe that like that's unfair but i i'll, I'll counter with all right these people who are being put out of work and don't have anywhere to go that is where social programs where so they're supposed to be caught by social programs and social welfare but you have the republicans not necessarily conservatives but republicans who want to gut those programs so it's like because they're too because i just believe that people assume if you're not working it's because you chose not to work and not because you can't work or you don't have the option to work so they gut these social programs because they feel like people are abusing them but it's like no some of these people actually need them so you're getting rid of all this 85 to 90 percent good because 10 percent of the people on these programs are abusing it's like i don't know i just don't understand and i'm picking on republicans not conservatives i cannot stress that enough i just don't understand how they can they can uh, they can even pass themselves as a party of sympathy in the working man it's like y'all don't give a shit about the working man i'm sorry i need to get off my soapbox i'm so sorry pup <laughs> Yeah, you you were kind of burping up that little soapbox. I think that sucker was probably about four or five feet tall there, bro. Yeah, I, I just <laughs> and I, we can talk about this a little later with uh, that uh, snowflake questionnaire because there's something I wanted to ask you about. But like, I I just I really, really, really dislike the Republican Party. Like, I honestly I just don't. I don't know how they sleep at night. Like, I really don't. I'm like, y'all must take the best kind of drugs to help y'all sleep at night because I swear. If y'all had consciences, I don't know how you could sleep at night with some of the shit they pull. I'm sorry. Well, good thing I'm not I'm not a Republican, huh? Hey, man, look, I got nothing against. I'm actually not, so don't you know? Don't get offended. No, no, no. It's like, <laughs> and you know, not all Republicans are bad people. Majority are. I just don't get how party that party's leadership can sleep at night. Like how they can promote these these policies. I I just pup. I just don't get it. Like I'm just like. Y'all don't give a fuck about anybody. Like y'all just don't give a fuck. And you could say the same thing about Democrats. I'm not letting them off the hook because they can go fuck themselves too. So, no, I, I ain't a I ain't a big fan of Republican leadership either because they can they can all pretty much go sit on a stick for for all I care. Yeah, it's it's just it's just <laughs> just a matter of whether or not they want to spend money on it. You for know, real, that's, bro. That's, that's up to them, but. All right. Is there anything you wanted to add to the topic? Because I feel like I dominated that conversation. I'm sorry, pup. <laughs> no, I, I'll let you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I don't want to. I've been told I kind of monopolize the conversation on these things, so I'm trying not to be as. Well, yeah, and I mean, uh, and uh, going back to the point where you said they had the lobbyists and stuff like that. The only thing I would say is that may put off, you know, something happening in a free market for a few years, but it'll never completely control it. Yeah, because because it's the consumers that control it. Yeah, it's not it's not the lobbyists. They may have a little bit of influ- influence for a couple of years, but as soon as the consumers see it and or you don't want it, dude, how the hell you think Apple got so big? Yeah, it's consumers. Yeah, 
you know, as soon as consumers want something, and especially stuff with like electricity and you know, you know, basic utilities and stuff like that, if there's a way to do it cheaper and better, dude, consumers are gonna be all over that shit. Yeah, it's you know, it's just it, like I say, it may delay it a few years because of greedy dickheads. Yeah, but they'll, you know, they will never be able to out influence the the general public. Yeah, they just won't. It's just uh, it, it won't happen. Yeah, and. I really do. That's a that's I, we can both agree on that. Like people, people who complain, like people who bitch about, like why do companies get away with this shit and how can they do that? It's like, it's the people. It's like these industries don't weren't given a billion dollars from the jump. They earned a billion dollars. They earned a billion dollars. They, they, they rose this. You know how they rose this? Consumers, because they people bought their product. And if you want to fuck with people, or if you want to fuck with a company. Stop buying the shit. Like, avoid it if you can. Like, they don't get anywhere without people buying this shit. So if you want to look around and blame somebody, you can blame them. But you can't also not blame – that's bad grammar. But you also have to blame consumers. Like, other people are buying this. So it's like – like, it's it's not just them. It's everybody. Yep. So anyway, yeah, that's why that's why boycott boycotts work so good. Yeah, because as soon as you start fucking with their money, they they like change their tune. They straighten up. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, yeah, exactly. So you handed me, you sent me this snowflake test. We're gonna do this real quick. We're gonna touch on it, and then we're gonna get to the questionnaire because we're pushing an hour. So hopefully we can wrap this shit up pretty quick because I don't want to take up your entire day. <laughs> Yeah, because for some reason, whenever me and you get to talking, we we decide you know it, it tends to to run for a while. Yeah, the last the lost episode was at least <laughs> was at least an hour forty five. It was ridiculous. Oh yeah, it was. <laughs> okay, can you tell me a little bit more about this snowflake test? Where you got it? First off, before you start, can I just say I hate that insult? Not because it's an insult that's been thrown at me, but because it's a pretty lame insult that the right uses, like especially the alt right. Like I'm like. That's like that's not even an insult. That's just silly. What are you talking about? Well, yeah, and basically this is there's a I think it's 29 questions if I remember right. Yeah, it's 30. <clears throat> and it was 30. Okay. Yeah. But it was a guy who's running a PR firm out of New York and he came up with this test to basically weed out the you know, the snowflakes, the the whiny millennials that, you know, were self-entitled and you know that kind of thing. So Ooh, he, buddy. he came up. He came up with this, this test to kind of weed them out of his hiring process for his PR firm. Jesus, yeah, is that legal? <laughs> well, according to his lawyers, yeah. Okay, sure. <laughs> they know more about it than I do. All right. Uh, yeah, well, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know. <laughs> um, I think I have I don't claim like to be a lawyer. I think I have like seven out of the thirty we can touch on, because. Um, <laughs> Literally, we could make a whole episode out of this questionnaire or this test. Uh, all right. The second question is, what should the national minimum wage be? How do you feel about that? Uh, I mean, uh, if you had to give a number, I mean, well, not necessarily. Probably, well, I mean, my, the, if you if you don't give a number, I mean, it's kind of pointless. But yeah, all right. I would say probably you know in the nine or ten range. You know, because I mean, I was able to to live off nine or ten bucks an hour. Right. You know, for not granted, if you have a family, stuff like that, that's, you know, that's different because of the, you know, the, the poverty, le- poverty level and everything. But if you're single and, and everything, if you can't make a living off of nine or ten bucks, of, you know, an hour <clears throat> working a 40 hour week, then you're spending too much money on something that you ain't supposed to be. 
I look. I let me just say I disagree. I disagree with you, but I understand that like in this specific case of as a single person, ideally, if you were working a minimum wage job, you'd be living with someone else, you know, a roommate, family, something like that. So that would cut your rent in half or proportional. You need you. What do you need? You need a car. You need gas. You need health insurance. You need a phone, and that's. I I honestly believe that's. That might be all you need. I mean, obviously, you need food and water and, you know, utilities and shit like that. So, I don't know. Uh, I would say I really think that it should be 13 to 14. Like, I really think a bump needs to be – because I really have an issue with this because I think that corporations – God, I'm sounding like a hippie. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I think corporations want to keep the minimum wage down because – Wages have been stagnant for decades, and I really believe that's because corporations, like, they they have costs, right? Every corporation has a cost. Every business has a cost. One of the few costs they can actually control is labor. So they want to keep they want to keep labor wages and labor costs as low as possible because that helps them uh, that helps their bottom line, and I think that. I think they want to keep minimum wage down as low as possible so they can pay people as little as possible. Because as soon as you raise the minimum raise the minimum wage, you also have to give raises to people who make more than the minimum wage. Because if somebody gets if the bottom gets a pay bump, everybody else gets a pay bump. Because that's just how things work. That's how businesses work. That's how business politics works. So that hurts your bottom line. So your only option once wages are raised are Take a lower cut of the bottom line, or raise prices. Raise your costs. Yeah. Raise your prices. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, and you raise what? Your prices what, and nobody's gonna buy your product. Yeah, and then businesses. Which is a catch twenty two. Yeah, so. it's a it's a fuck. It's it's all a trade off. It's like we gotta work here because like people, you gotta keep prices competitive, but you gotta keep your labor force happy. But you also have to take home a profit so business can stay you know viable <laughs> and shit like that. So, it's. It's it's a complex issue, but I really think that it, it needs to be raised because I think that minimum wage should be a livable wage, and I think that if you focus just on single single bachelors or you know single file single with your taxes and shit like that, yeah, that, that they might be able to live, but that's not just those aren't the only people that work, pup. So I think that it needs to be increased. To help everybody, to, to help more people, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get it, but like I said, it, it, I say it, 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 it is a complex thing. It really yeah. is. And, and all of these questions are topics on their own. Like, but we're gonna try and breeze through them uh, and get to the questionnaire, and hopefully keep this under two hours because <laughs> I gotta edit this shit. <laughs> okay, next question. This is a big one we talked about in the last uh, in the lost episode. How do you feel about guns? I love guns. <laughs> oh yeah, you do. Me and you, I, one of the best I'm a, days. I'm a, yeah, I'm a, uh, I'm a Second Amendment proponent, yeah. and uh, yeah, I, I, I try to get out to the range as often as I possibly can. Man, one of the best days me and you ever had hanging out was we went and got rallies for lunch because we both love rallies. And if you haven't eaten rallies, you should go try it because it's disgu- It's it's really bad for you, but it is oh, fucking delicious. Yeah, uh, and when you go, you really don't go for the burger. You go for the fries. Yeah, absolutely. Best fries on planet Earth, as far as I'm concerned. But um, oh yeah. And then after we ate rallies, we went and sh- we went shooting, and that was like the first time I've ever gone shooting. And I'm gonna tell you, man, it's a lot of fun. 
it was a lot of fun, especially that twenty two revolver. She yeah. that was fun. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is a rush. It yeah. really is, man. It, it it it's a rush. But as long as you do it safely, yeah. I mean it it's it's a good time to be had by all. It's a good skill to know. Yeah. <clears throat> especially if the zombie apocalypse decides to uh, come upon us. For real. But uh <laughs> well, I'm shooting Brad Pitt first, so fuck all that fuck him. But uh yeah, so but uh yeah, it's it, like I say, I'm I'm a big you know, I I love shooting. It's a it's it's a very fun thing to do, you know, as long as it's done safely. I yeah. I have no problem I have no problems with it at all. And that's and that's the key word there. Like you're a gun owner and you're a responsible gun owner. I, I don't I have ridden in a car with you while you had a loaded gun in the car. I don't know if that's legal or not. If not, I'll cut that out. It is. Okay. It, it, it is as long as it's not concealed. Um, yeah. I, I do not have my concealed weapons permit. Okay. But yeah, it, it, as, long as, it's not, as long as it's not concealed, car is considered an extension of your home in Louisiana. So. Okay. So, like I said, I've, I've ridden along with you in your car with a loaded gun, and I didn't feel threatened. I didn't feel... I didn't feel dan- endangered. I, I felt like you're – I feel like you're a responsible gun owner and I do have to – I live in Texas now and you can carry – you can open carry in Louisiana as well. But I'm not going to lie, man. As much as I love guns, uh, well, I don't love them as much anymore because of the Sandy Hook uh, tragedy, which that's a whole other topic. But basically in summary, I I just don't – I just don't know anymore about that. But it makes me uncomfortable when people walk around with guns strapped to their hips like it's the fucking West, the old West. And I, I don't know. I just don't think that – why do we – like I know we need guns. Like we need them. But it's like why do people feel the need to have them? I'm like why do we need guns? Well, because the a lot of the bad people that, that have them also, yeah. they tend to use them. So. Yeah. But I, I tell you what, there's a lot, there's a lot more people out there with concealed weapons uh, permits that carry on a daily basis than they do open carry. Yeah. So there are a lot more floating around that you just don't see. Yeah. And I look, can, I can promise you that. And I, and if by chance some crazy shit goes down, you're gonna be glad that they're there and have that weapon because it. And one of the first things they teach you is besides to cover, conceal, and you know defend yourself. Is if you got somebody around you that that can't protect them, get them out. And that's so, and that's yeah. the thing I think we both agree on is the safety and training of gun users. Like if you're gonna own a gun, if you, like I said, that's protected by the that is protected by the Second Amendment. But I'm a big proponent on if you are going to have a gun, you need to be properly trained. You need to have background checks. You need to we need to make sure people who have a gun are responsible are competent i don't think that's asking too much is that pup well i mean you're already going through a background check whenever you do whenever you purchase it now granted there are a lot of them you know when people that are using guns for not very good purposes the pulse nightclub and you know um sandy hook and stuff like that they either borrow those from somebody who acquired them legally or they had somebody else buy, you know, buy them for them, which is a felony. So there are things, but I mean, it, it's just hard to stop. I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know how you would put in place something for 
because when you and, uh, I can tell you from experience, whenever you go in, when you buy a firearm, they have a long questionnaire that you got to go through. And one of the questions is, are you buying this uh, firearm for yourself? And if somebody is devious and is, you know, answers yes on that question and just turns around and gives it to somebody so they can go shoot somebody. There's not a whole lot that you can do to, to stop that, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's it, either that or if they don't have that process, then, you know, they'll break into somebody's house and steal them. Which, I mean, there's really, again, not yeah. a whole lot you can do about that. So, I mean, it, but, you know, the, the background checks that are there do catch, you know, people that are, that are unfit to have them, you know, and everything. But if the background check comes comes back clean, even even if you do have to wait, you know, for a certain amount of period. Because if, if something gets flagged and you have to wait, because I haven't had it happen to me, but I know somebody that did. Basically, they had a they had a flag when they tried to get theirs, and when they came, they had to wait. I think three to five days for the background check to come back saying, yeah. "Okay, you're clear." You know, because they had something that, that was on their credit report or something that was kind of iffy. Yeah. So you know, if that right there tells me that you know the background checks are working, they you know if something's if something ain't right. They're going to get flagged. That's yeah. just, you know, so so they work. Now, granted, there could be some stuff to streamline it. They could include a few other things, you know, on the back end to that background check that could possibly help. You know, I'm not an expert on it, so I'm not going to speak to what it could be. But, you know, as far as the process that goes now is, you know, the process works. Well, let me ask you this. I have a couple questions about that. Do you believe, like, most, correct me if I'm wrong, but are these background checks State background checks or federal background checks? No, FBI. Oh, FBI. Okay, so it is federalized. Yeah, yeah they, 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 whenever they, when you go for a, when you buy a handgun or a shotgun or a rifle, uh, that retailer calls a number and basically they put in all your information. They give you social security number, address, name, date of birth, and that name gets run through uh, FBI database. Okay. And if there's any flags in that database, and granted, FBI pulls from everywhere. You know, they, so uh, if there's any flags in that, then they either tell you that, yeah, you're clear or it's not. You're going to have to wait. And then, you know, depending on what they find or if they got to take a second look, then, you know, you go through. But okay. it is a, it is a FBI database. It's not it's not state by state. It is it is a federal database. OK, my next question before we move on to the next next question. What's this what's the what's this controversy about gun shows? Like, I, I thought I heard that. You can buy a gun show. You can buy a gun at a gun show without a background check, or what's what's the deal with all that, pup? From what I understand, it they're trying to say that there's a gun show loophole that you know required that says that you don't get a, a background check whenever you do when you go to a gun show. Okay. Which the couple of gun shows that I've been to, I mean, around here, I never did buy one, but I mean, there's constantly, constantly people buying and selling and stuff like that. Yeah. And anytime you buy. The first thing they do is you fill out the same paperwork that you would if you bought the thing at Bass Pro or Academy or whatever, and they call the same FBI database and and do the uh, the background check. Yeah. Now, granted, because the only thing that I think is a little bit different is because that they're they're a mobile retailer. Okay. Yeah. You know, so so they um uh, they don't have an actual brick and mortar store or site. You know, they're, they because they go all over. So I think with that one is a little bit different process that they go through as far as, you know, the the having to transfer that firearm to you. But they still have to call and do the same same background check 
you know that that you would if you bought it from any other store. Okay. All right. So I, so I think what they, I think they're basically just crying the crying much to do about nothing. Basically, is what I think it is because I mean it, they they do do a background check. You do have to go through it, but I think the transfer is a little bit different. Okay. Because of that. Well, you know, yeah. That, that's what I think is the the big deal. But they they think it's just they they condense everything down to the simplest possible words. You know, and they oversimplify. You know, check. Exactly. And they they misunderstand. That's 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 another thing I want to I want to stress with. Uh, people who are, well, I, I would stretch this out to anybody who's anti anything. Like, find someone who is a part of that community, or find someone who's like, who has experience in that field or whatever. Like, I, I'm not as anti gun as a lot of people are. I am anti gun, but I'm not like violent, militant about it because I know people like you who who have guns and love guns, and I understand these aren't these aren't villains here you're you're human beings like you you guys you guys just like this it's part of your community it's part of your culture it's part of how you were raised it's like that's just that's just who you are it's like most of these people don't mean harm they're just doing something you don't like and it's it's, and growing up especially like down here in south louisiana you look at it it's a gun culture you grew up in the woods you grew up you know hunting and fishing and stuff like that it's you know it's a part of the way of life you grow up with these things and you don't see it not like i mean i really truly i don't see a gun more i see it you know as as i've grown up and you know being able to get my own and everything you know you do kind of see it as a weapon but When you use it every day, if you use it a lot, like when you're hunting and stuff like that, you see it more as a tool than a weapon. Yeah. Granted, it is a weapon. It is deadly. It can kill someone or something, but it is more of a tool than it is a weapon. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I think that, that that has a lot to do with it, too. Yeah. And what really struck me was, I don't know, I can't remember where I read this at all. I probably read it online. I know I read it online. I can't, I can't remember where. But this, this is something I never thought of. I'm from the burbs. Like, I'm from five minutes or 15 minutes outside of New Orleans, right? And as bad as they are, JPD, Orleans Parish Police, as notorious as they are, I'll say that, they are they are within driving distance. Like, what I never occurred to me as a city guy is people who live in these isolated communities where their neighbor is a mile away or... For whatever reason, if something goes down, like if something goes down and there's like a handful of cops in this spread out territory or city or town or something like that, it's going to take a while for, you know, police to get there or first responders. And so sometimes, not that you want to take things into your own hand, sometimes you don't have the option of like waiting for the police. Sometimes you need to like be able to defend yourself which is not something you want necessarily promote but it is a fact of life yep and uh, i will tell you this much right now as far as when it comes to defense using a a gun and everything as far as that goes especially with me it's better to be tried by 12 than carried by six i will shoot you first if you coming at me and i would rather be tried by a jury of my peers than be the one laying in that box yeah. And I'll defend anybody, any of my friends to, with the same attitude. And that's the other thing. It's like trying to standardize across the board. It's like not every situation's the same. It's factors. It's it's a mess, man. It's so complex. And people want to, like you said, people want to boil it down to its simplest form. It's like you, you kind of can't. Like 
you, no, you can't. Like you, you don't boil, you don't boil quantum physics down to its smallest thing and expect people to like, be like, oh yeah, that makes complete sense. It's like you, complex issues are complex issues for a reason, right? Exactly. Uh, and, and, you know, with everything is so nuanced now with you know the way you can phrase things and you know how you can come about or you know even to some degree how uh, what lies you tell yourself to make it justified. Yeah. You know, it's still when it comes down to it, it's either me get you know my life for your life. Yeah. When it comes, when it boils right down to it, <clears throat> and if you in the wrong, you know what? <laughs> I feel sorry, brother, because I can promise you, I'm a b- much better shot than you. <laughs> All right. Anyway, 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 this next question is: How do you feel about the police first responders? I love cops. Like, I love them. Like, they're I respect what they have to do. But my only caveat would be that um, don't confuse that all cops are Boy Scouts. Like, they're just as human as all of us. Some of them, this is a passion. Some of them do this for, you know, meaning. Some of them do it for a job and do it for – and then there are some who do it as a power trip. So all I would say is respect them like – for your or don't at your own peril but like just just be very careful and be very respectful around them because most of them are good most like 95 percent of cops are decent decent people but there's that five percent you don't want to fuck with so just just treat them all with respect and do what they say i mean it's just like anybody if if, if you want somebody to give you respect you give respect you know, it's, it's the same. It's the same way. It just happens that they have a badge, and they can. You know, they're presiding over the rule of law for your community. And they're packing so, heat. Uh, well, yeah, but, but like you know, it's it's those things that, uh, like I said, if you're respectful, there's never ever going to be any problems with a cop. Not ninety nine percent of the time, there will never be a problem with a cop if you if you're respectful and you know. I mean, you don't have to say yes, sir, no, sir, you know, yes, a master, whatever, you know, you ain't, you ain't got to go that far. But as long as you as long as long you show them respect and, you know, you tell them, that, you know, if something, something happens, like, say, you know, my, my, you know, like, say you got cargo pants on and your wallet is below the door line, you know, if you got your hands up, they ask you where, you know, can I see your wallet, you know, tell them before you do anything. You know, my wallet is in my my pants leg on my left pant in my left pocket. Can you open the door so I can get it? And you know, let the, let them lead. You know, you basically you tell them what you want to do and let them lead the conversation. Yeah. You know, and, but as long as you're respectful and you do stuff like that, dude, you'll never have a problem with a cop. Well, and even the ones ha- even the ones having a bad day because some idiot decided, okay, you know, I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna run because you know. This guy pulled up while I just robbed the store or whatever. You know, it did, whatever it happens to be. Well, but, I, you I know, was, it's, stuff, it's stuff like that. So, I mean, it's, as long as you are respectful, they will, 99% of the time, they will be respectful back. You know, I mean, granted, you might still get a ticket, but you're going to walk away. <laughs> you're always going to walk away well, okay? and, I, or drive away. I just want to make the note that I think both of us are aware that we're two white males talking about um, police and you know police corruption and police you know mis- uh, inappropriate uh, police behavior like brutality and you know targeting minorities and stuff like that. I think I just want to make a note that we are both aware that white males in this country 
we have a different ex- we don't have the standard experience for most people out there there are minorities who who i think it's been well documented that police have targeted for various reasons or been encouraged to target so there's a culture in some police uh, see i don't want to be unfair because you know i m- most police have treated me fine but then again i'm a white male who ha- doesn't really you know isn't threatening you know i'm not i don't appear threatening if you if you're threatened by me you might be a wuss because I am probably the least threatening person on the planet. Well, yeah, if you threaten by you, you probably are a snowflake. So. For real. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to make it make a point that the history of police in this country, especially in urban areas, especially in the South, it's it's not the prettiest of history, but uh, I would like to believe that, like I said, I can't stress this enough. 95% of cops are just decent, you know, hardworking people who want to make it home and just want to make it home safe. And there is a culture that is ugly about their profession, but by no that is not the like dominant culture in police. Police just want to do their job, collect a check, and then in, in like 30 20 to 30 years collect a pension. That's all they really want. But you cannot disregard the fact that there is some ugliness in their history so just want to make that clear anyway uh, i'd agree to that to you know to an extent so yeah all right yeah 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 okay so i'm gonna skip some of these questions because we are running a little long here but that was to be expected uh okay so here's a good one from this snowflake test uh what does america mean to you pub i would probably say that america means to me just freedom yeah there's there's not a lot of places on on this planet that are that can do what we do on a daily basis you well, know every or attempt every, to do what we do right yeah, exactly yeah. and i mean there, you know there's a lot of there's nowhere else on the planet that is as free as us and can can do what we do on a daily basis is that's why we're the greatest country on the planet right now and despite all of the, the administration changes and everything like that the idea of america being that shining city on the hill yeah well you know it that's that's what America is. It's something that all everybody wants to try to be like. And if you can't, if you're where you're at can't be that way, you can always come here. Yeah, I would I would agree with you on uh, come here and come come here legally. Yeah, God, let's no, we don't have time for that one. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we ain't got time for that. I'll just, put, I'll just throw that in because I know that's a, at least another hour conversation. Oh, for real. But I'll say um, I agree with you somewhat, but. I would say what America is to me, John Flores. I, I debated on whether I wanted to say my full name, but no, fuck that. Uh, <laughs> what I want to say is America to me is it's an experiment without an end. Like it's an ongoing experiment of trying to form a more perfect union, trying to be – it's aspirational and it's optimistic and it's hopeful that, look, we're not perfect. I don't think any American would ever – any sane American would tell you that this is a perfect country. It's not. But I honestly believe that it's this wonderful idea of being unified and wanting to be better and giving opportunity to be better. And that might be a crock of shit. That might be rhetorical bullshit, you know. But I honestly love this country because it is diverse. It's huge. I don't think we realize how huge our country is at times. 
but I honestly believe that this country is is it it falls short, and we could always do better. But that's the key. We always want to do better. We always want to make this country better. And I, I honestly believe that. Like as as hard as that is to believe, as easy as cynicism is to buy into sometimes. I don't believe this is a cynical nation. I believe that we all, at the end of the day, want the same thing. And I think that's great. I I think that, but like I said, there's a dark side to that coin. And it's not something I like to think about. But I I honestly believe that we are, we, we aspire for more. You know what I'm saying? It's optimistic. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, you almost got to have that. Yeah. I mean, if you if you're not optimistic about the future, then what the fuck are you, you doing? Know, the fu- the future is going to be pretty damn bleak. I can promise okay. you. All right, so uh, you got to have a you got to have a little bit of you know a little bit of optimism on the future. You got to. All right, not to not to cut this short, but we're going to move on to my questionnaire. We're going to try and do this pretty quick. Uh, that was a good one, man. Thanks for providing that. That was that was really good. Like I said, we could probably come back to this and do a whole episode, maybe in the future. Uh, but yeah, okay. So, do you want to move on that's to the question? Just good, good, solid questions that yeah. spark a lot of debate, and that—that's the idea of the pod. So, yep, for real. Um, okay. So, do you want to you want to start with the question here? Sure, go for it. What was your first car, pup? My first car was actually a truck, and it was a 1995 Nissan pickup, mm-hmm. five-speed green. All right. I loved I love that truck, man. I, I, some they got times where I wish I still had that truck. For real. <laughs> Uh, so what happened to it? You just it, you totaled, or what happened? No, I actually uh, traded it in when I got my red Ranger. Oh, nice! And then wrecked the red one. Now I got the black one. So <laughs> I remember that. Uh, yeah, not not fun. Not fun at all. <laughs> all right. So okay. So what is your what's your biggest or weirdest guilty pleasure? Uh. I, I really don't know. Uh, I was thinking about that whenever you sent me the questions, and I'm not sure what would be really considered weird because <laughs> I'm just I, technically I'm not exactly a normal dude. I like a lot of weird shit, so yeah. I don't know what would be considered weird in my universe. <laughs> <laughs> the way I always thought about it is if whatever it was, if someone just walked in on you doing it or listening to it or watching it and you'd be like okay i know how this looks but hear me <laughs> out so uh, nothing we can always skip it it's not that big a deal well i mean uh, the, i don't really i don't know i mean i i might have you know be elbow deep in the computer rebuilding it or something and I, somebody walks in like what the hell are you doing <laughs> well right. it's kind of you know one of those i guess you consider but you know not really weird it's just kind of odd but <laughs> all, right, all right all right uh what bores you or what is the most boring thing you can think of oh god i do this a lot for my job uh if i'm waiting not necessarily waiting for like a computer to get fixed because i do that a lot for work too but if i'm sitting here waiting for somebody to do their job so they can do something you know that I, that pertains to me you know what I mean? So waiting like on others. Have, yeah. So if I got to sit there and wait on you to open up this, you know, server room for me and I got to wait a half an hour and just sit there and twiddle my thumbs, that's going to be boring as all hell to me. But, you know, the, it's, part of, it's part of my job, so I kind of got to live with it. But, yeah, yeah it, that that is just boring. Okay. 
Uh, oh, excuse me. Uh, who is your role model? Ugh. Or role models if you have more than one. Mm, good Lord. As far as at some point maybe possibly wanting to open up my own business or something like that, I would probably say either, I'd probably say Jobs or Wozniak just because yeah. they were good good sellers and had good product. Yeah. You know, so, and they, they knew, especially Jobs because he knew how to sell it. Yeah, for real. But, um, oh. you know, going, going through it like that, but I mean, that's that's pretty much all I got for that. Kind of, right. kind of limp on that answer, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, What's something most people don't know about you? Uh, probably that I'm an Eagle Scout. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. You are an Eagle Scout. You uh, you started in the Boy Scouts and all that stuff. What's that? You started in the Boy Scouts and all that stuff. Uh, I started Cub Scouts. Oh wow! So I did. I did. I did the whole thing, man. Uh, all the way from Cub Scouts, all the way through Weeblows, and then all the Boy Scouts. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah, there's not a whole. There, there, there's a lot of us, but not a whole lot of us. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. Shark diving, bungee jumping, or skydiving? Oh, God. Shark diving. Hell yeah. Fuck that. What, are you crazy? No, indeed not, dude. I'd do that in a fucking heartbeat. Shark? Shark dive. Yes, indeed. Stick, dude. Give me a mask and let me jump in a cage. Shit, yeah. Fucking sharks in, a, in the water. I'd do that in a New York minute. You are fucking... Look, pup, I love you, my brother. <laughs> But you're fucking crazy. That is no fucking way. <laughs> oh, dude, I'd do that in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Oh, my God. Dude, are you... Are you... Oh, my God. I won't jump out of a plane, but <laughs> I'll, jump, I'll jump in the ocean with a bunch of sharks. Hell, yeah, I'd do that. Man, different strokes, man, but fuck that. <laughs> you would never get my ass in a cage. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, my God. Nope. Swear to God, dude. I'd jump in there in a heartbeat. All right, all right, all right, all right. Wouldn't bother me a bit. All right, Coke, Pepsi, or other? Uh, if you're going mainstream, I would say Coke over Pepsi. Okay. But if you're doing, like, root beer or something like that, IBC. Oh, IBC's too sweet. That's what that's what makes it. Well, uh, take it back. Root beer would probably be mug, but IBC's cream soda is fucking awesome. I, I love, I do love IBC's cream, cream soda. soda. is just freaking amazing. Shit, it tastes like diabetes in a bottle, but fuck yeah, it's delicious. You're damn right, but you know what? If you go die, die happy. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I was talking to my buddy Justin. Uh, I texted him because I, I had a, I am notoriously addicted to sugar-free Red Bulls, right? And um, <laughs> so I was telling you've been, him. You've been addicted to those for a while. I know, right? So I was telling him, I was like, look, man, if I ever somehow die from a caffeine overdose, don't don't feel bad for me. I, I went out how I wanted to go. Like, that's, that, that, that's, I'm fine with it. Do, so don't be sad. <laughs> and I, your face, Red Bull in your hand. There you go. I, and then I told him, I was like, it also applies to bacon-related deaths as well. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Because, yeah, if there's anything bacon-related, yeah, how, can I, how bad can I be? I mean... Even death. I died. I, I died doing what I loved. <laughs> okay. Yep. Eating bacon. All right. So, hypothetically, say you were unexpectedly given an afternoon off, or you got an afternoon off. What would you do? Uh, probably one or two things. I'd probably either come home, either play drums or guitar a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, or go to a shooting range. Okay. I, I always said I was probably going to take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> 
that'll probably be after all of that. <laughs> so you live, is it, you live in the Baton Rouge metropolitan area, right? But you live in like, you live in a, you don't live in a city. You live in like, where exactly do you live again? You live off a, um, um, just off of the, the neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, um, so it's not in Bat- Baton Rouge proper, but it's in the Baton Ru- East Baton Rouge parish. All right. All right, technically so, part of what they wanted to break off into St. George. Yeah, for real. People from outside yeah. of South Louisiana, that that will make no sense to you, but just just go with us. It was just a really dumb it. thing. But uh, okay, so I, I I guess since you don't really live in a town, but like, so what's the area you live in, right? Mm-hmm. What do you love the most about it, and what do you hate the most about it, if at all, anything? Uh, I like the fact that it's kind of out of the way. Yeah, it's it's kind of off the beaten path. Yeah, but it's still close to everything. Yeah, I mean all all of the main things that you need to get to or would want to get to, like your Target, Walmart, your Best Buys, you know stuff like that. Everything's within ten minutes of me. Yeah, ten to twenty, right? Yeah, I mean ten, uh, 10 to fifteen minutes. I'm I'm wherever I need to go, and, and I love that. It's you know, whether I go in Prairie or in Baton Rouge, it doesn't yeah. matter. So I, I just like how it's close to everything. But as far as the hating part. There's not a whole lot I'd hate about where I'm at, except for I wish there kind of was stuff a little bit closer. <laughs> <laughs> you like so, how everything's but, close, but you hate, but you wish everything was closer. <laughs> well, I mean, just just the I wouldn't say that. Well, I mean, there, there is everything that's close, but everything's kind of on right at that you know ten to fifteen minute you know yeah radius from where I'm at. Yeah. So if everything is some stuff was a little bit closer, like, you know, like they had so you know, a couple of grocery stores or something that were a little bit closer that I'd rather go to, then you know, I'd say that. But overall overall I'm very happy with where I'm at. Alright. Okay. Have you ever used a pickup line and or has one ever been used on you? Uh I haven't had one used on me because I mean look at me, <laughs> goddamn it. But uh <laughs> But anyway, I have used a couple on 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 a few couple of females, and one time it worked, one time it did not. So, <laughs> so okay, what were the lines? I did I did get props for it because I used the same line on both of them, okay. different nights, different nights, different people. So, but anyway, um, they they did both give me uh, props because that was one they had never heard before. So usually the, the whole pickup line thing is just to throw a girl off of her game so she kind of <laughs> lets her guard down a little bit, correct? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, that part I succeeded. <laughs> okay. So, what was the line? All right. Well, I was for breakfast tomorrow morning. Do you want me to call you or nudge you? All right. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I like that one. It's basically like, how do you like your eggs in the how do you like your eggs in the morning, right? Yeah, I kind of like that. Yeah. All right. Last question, and I'm gonna let you go because we're going on. God damn, we're an hour and forty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dream vacation. Oh, uh, Bora Bora. Really? Yeah. Any reason I in particular, like or just that, just a beach kind of area, or just Bora Bora specifically? Uh, just, well, there's a. It's not a sandals resort. I forget what a resort it is, but it's basically kind of along that same line. I think but it's, it's all. It's it's all right off the island, and all uh, all of the the rooms are like tiki huts, yeah. but they stretch out into the ocean. Yeah. So I mean, so you actually in a little hut that's above the above the lagoon, and it's got clear floors, and you can jump through the floor into the ocean and go swimming if you want. And there's a dude, is and the, just just gorgeous. 
<laughs> I feel you, man. I feel you. Yeah, and I've actually priced them, and it's, it's kind of pricey to get out there. Well, yeah, I work. I think I've told you I work for a luxury travel agency, so I'm I'm aware of how much these hotels are, and I'm like, how? The yeah, I don't. I don't. I never did look to see how much the hotel was, but yeah. just the flight was twelve grand round trip. Oh, it's 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 insane, dude. It's so ridiculous. Like. It really is ridiculous how much people spend. I'm like, God damn, it must be nice. It must be nice to fucking <sighs> have that much money to blow on a trip. Jesus Christ. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, I think that's going to do it for us today. Uh, Pup, like I said, man, thank you so much for doing this. I always appreciate talking to you, man, because you're a great guy, and I love you, my brother. All right, man. Uh, y'all have a good, good time. Enjoy the the, pot, the rest of the season. Uh, love you too, brother, and we'll talk again pretty soon. All right. Bye, bro. All right, man. Bye. Later.